Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. Back in the thick of it, I'm on wild card. What's happening? What's happening with me? What's happening with you on wild card? <laughs> What's happening with you? What's happening with me? Ting over ears, ting over ears. Fucking, I popped it, dude. I popped it. I, I knew it, it was coming soon. That was never, never in doubt that it was. It was going to happen sooner than later. Everyone who listened to last week's pod probably thought that I was going to do it after that, but I held off. Um, I actually had like a fine, decent kind of stay the same week on 63 points. We both actually had 63 points, but there are a lot of red flags. There are a lot of price risers that, so I kind of had to make, make the decision early in the week because I wanted to hit on all the, the price rises and try and, you know, farm some value and, I just fucking did it. I just pulled the trigger. Right. So here we are. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are many doubts. Oh, so many doubts about everything. But I need. To, I, I must ask on the behalf of of all of Slack, were you or were you not edging when you pushed the button? <laughs> edging kind of like took me from al dente. I mean, pushing the button took me from al dente to fully full mast. Full mast. And then right. the edging commenced with tinkering. Tinkering. All right. Good. Good job by you. Well, yeah. so I mean, you got sixty three. I guess it doesn't fucking matter who scored what since you were on wild card, and it's all chopping and changing. <laughs> I mean, Salah um, scored all the points for both of us. We both captained yeah, him. Half, half my points. My yeah. team is just shattered about this. Yeah, week's just so all blanks. I got Alonzo eleven, Louise six, and every every other player blank. Yeah, the exact same thing except Fraser, Fraza eleven, Mendy six, and blanks. <laughs> Literally, that's actually amazing. Yeah, it's great. No, blanking, when I blank, get eight blanks, I feel so good. Yeah, we both so had happy. same cat, eight blanks, one eleven, one six. That's crazy. It's because we're friends. I'm, yeah. I am pod partner and you're alone and we together create a podcast. And it's, it's like when, when girls hang out a lot or whatever, like best friend girls, they get on the same period schedule as each other. And that's, that's basically me and you right here. It's on that's hot. Cold hard science cited by you. Good job by you. <laughs> All right. Well, should we talk about our teams, or do you want to just go to housekeeping and then dive in? No, no one gives a shit about our teams anyway, and we're going to do yours at wildcard at the end. Yeah. Um, well, we'll talk about everything in the yeah, yeah, in the yeah. everything portion of the pod. So let me shout out the FMLFL Prize League slash Mug League winner for October. I believe, obviously, the ranks are not updated yet. We're doing it on Monday. Who knows when the ranks will update? I believe the winner's Magnus Haug, aka something in Norwegian, Lumert Uarticulaire. I'm, I'm sure that's right. I believe it's Norwegian for fuck my ass, I'm good at FPL. So that's awesome. Great job by him. Going into October, he was 572K overall. And after this week, he's probably going to be like, Top 20k. So that's he's living the dream. Shout out to the goal scorers challenge league leaders so far. Magic Mike swings and misses again. Matt Doherty catches him. They're both tied on 12. Meanwhile, Haffy and Scott Desert Bug each one goal behind, tied on 11. Shit is fucking heating up. I think Haffy and Scott got the memo that the the meta of goal scorers challenges is pick the striker against Fulham every week. So 
That's a good job by them. And then lastly, shout out at the top of the FMLPL Public League. Still Guy Guy, Wijnaldum, Leviosa. 91-point week. Nothing new there. He's just flying as usual. And then before we fully dive in, we just have a sponsor this week. So let's do that, and then, and then we'll really get into it. It's almost November, dearest listener, and you know what that means. Winter is coming. Nipples become hardened. Wine becomes mulled. Egg becomes nogged, and fingertips become a little chilly. We can't help you with your nipples or your alcohol, but we are proud to be affiliated with our new sponsor, Gloves by Tony M. The French footballer, who you may be most familiar with by taking the pitch wearing the highly esteemed kit of English club team Chevrolet FC, knows how to stay warm and look cool while doing it. It may seem daft for a grown man who's about to spend 90 straight minutes nonstop running to throw on a short-sleeved tee and some gloves, but he does it in the name of science. Tony Martial not only designs and knits each pair of gloves while sipping on a nice French Bordeaux, but he also quality checks and quality tests his new creations. If you have ever walked out of your house wearing a T-shirt and thought, fuck, man, what am I thinking? It's way too cold for just a T-shirt. We got you covered. Run inside, right quick, hop on a pair of gloves by Tony M., and feel the warmth instantly pulsate throughout your body. Gloves by Tony M. Be a man. Wear some gloves. All right, we're back. <laughs> you had me giggling on that one. It's so easy to picture Tony M running around t-shirt gloves, Alexis running out t-shirt gloves, like Costa running around t-shirt yeah, gloves. It's, the best. it's such a thing. I love it, dude. Absolutely yeah. love it. Um, I was thinking we start with maybe Chelsea, and they Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. They they show up with fucking no has they fucking four nil demolish the shit house of Burnley. Barks triple return. Murata looks great returns. Willian looks great returns. Arguably the most dominant. Chelsea performance of the season, and it was without Hazard, which is crazy. But everyone is asking about Barkley. I mean, Ravichiate or whatever on Slack. While Barkley's last goal was a random 1-50 in goal, he does seem invigorated. We're all wondering who we're swapping Frazier with. Is is Barkley a good option? Rydell on Slack, Ross, essential. And then Ross on Slack, I need some chat on my namesake. Low risk at his price. Could be worth a go in place of Fraser or Rich. Do you want to start with Chelsea or Burnley? Are you sure Chelsea? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Burnley. Mm. Mm, yeah. um, I, Barkley is just an absolute non-option. I'm, I love what? the points. I love the points chasing. It's just outstanding. To you me. think so? Oh yeah, it's just not not a nail player. And every this week, I bolster my bench and I get two players off the bench. It's just every week is an absolute nightmare. I don't want to add another rotation risk. I mean, yes, he's obviously on form. He had a triple return. He's been returning off the bench. He's you know last couple, but they still have Kovacic. You know, they they have a lot of they RLC. They have a lot of options in the midfield three. And, Fabregas. Yeah, Fab. I mean, who knows? It just I I don't feel like the juice is worth the squeeze. Um, I just think it's it's the most classic points chasing. I also still love how people cite that he's like an English young English talent like that matters it's so fucking great I love it <laughs> but I mean you know they have a couple good home fixtures they've got home phone coming up Everton Palace but 
I just, I just don't see it. I mean, I, you know, Pereira's like right in that bracket, and he's actually nailed for ninety, and you know, just, just as if not more of a class player, and you know, there's just so many other options in that in that price range that I feel like I'd rather be wanting the minutes and the security of start than than punting on a on a five eight option when you know I already have a one or two pointer coming off behind him from my fifth midfielder. It's just a mess. Yeah, I, I know I just what you mean. Don't... In the season of rotation, that is a very strong yeah, point. I, I do think though that like. He's very close to being worth it. You know what I mean? Like with the yeah, but, form but, he's yeah. in and Sari's comments on him saying like he's a complete player and like very good, blah, 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 blah. Like they have good fixtures, like you mentioned. And if he obviously, if he was nailed, which he's not, I agree with you on that point, he would be a great like, option. But we literally went through this a month and a half ago with, with Pedro. It's, it's the same right, thing. Right, it's right, just right. there's competition for the spot. There's a lot of good options. You know, he has a lot of whatever the fuck. And it's just, it's just points chasing. And he had a triple return. And everyone, once again, I'm obviously, I understand that this is FPL, the game we play. But I, I just think he's a complete non-starter. I have no interest. Talk to me in about three or four game weeks. If he keeps starting, then we can we can have a conversation. But for right now, after seeing him literally be benched two games ago, and then he just starts in triple returns, like he's nailed now. He's, that's ridiculous. People are even asking, "Is he nailed?" It's just like shut up. That's dumb. It's just it's it's crazy to me. But what do you think? I mean, you're on wild card, and he's obviously got to be in your thoughts. Like, do you want to go for the punt and then put someone like Josh Murphy behind him and, and like feel okay there? Or what what are you thinking? I don't think so, but that's doable. Like, I think it, it's very doable to not even Josh Murphy. Like, we talked about last pod. I mean, like, I think spending like five five on Ings to be your like 12th man and probably get auto subbed like every week or every other week is not a ridiculous price to pay, especially allows you to maybe take a, a risk on someone like Barkley. It's definitely in my thoughts. He hasn't really been present in my tinkers. I mean, it's funny because he's in my actual team because I'm riding the price changes. So hopefully this pot doesn't kill the hype and his price keeps going up so I can farm all the value off of him. But you're farming today. Holy shit. I mean, what are I'm you trying farming to farm? besides value? Are you farming carrots, like turnips? What do we got going on? Some root like, veggies, you got vine value like some and tomato. like player prices, I never ever consider when I'm like making transfers week to week ever. The only time where like I have actual free transfers for the entire week, I'm like, okay, I might as well just exploit this as best as possible. So yeah, here I am. But hit the farmers market, a yeah, farmer hit the along. farmers market. I'm just a mere farmers boy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I it's I think it's interesting. I think it's maybe arguably worth it. It depends what formation I'm in. But there, like, just imagine a world where I'm in a three five two or something. And that means my two, I have two like starting play 90 every week defenders as my fourth and fifth defender. If I'm starting Barkley every week as my like fifth midfielder in that, that's like yeah, he, relatively low risk, you know? It's, but okay, so if many, many more thoughts, follow up thoughts. First of all, Barkley subs on if he doesn't play pretty much all the time. So that's number one. Number two, you could compare him with Tony M, for example, who's our, our gracious sponsor this, this week, but. <laughs> Martial had he had like two two three starts before we really started actually talking about him, where he was returning like a stud for those games. Barkley has one start. He has he has he's a start, a bench, a start in his last three games, and he plays in central midfield. He does not even play in an attacking midfield position. I understand, you know, the fourth midfielder, whoever he has license, run up in the box, like that's fine, and the price is different. Obviously, like sub six is okay, but. I mean, these are the things we have to like try and just stop looking at how many points he just scored yesterday 
and think about the medium term outlook. Like, could he be ticking along with like a return every other game if he plays ninety every week, which would probably be the expectation. Yeah, and if that's the case, then he's a good value and that's a good pick. But I mean, he's he's going to double rise minimum this week, and I just think it's ludicrous. It's just just it's ludicrous, man. It's the type of thing that's like you know. You on like FFS forum, and every single team apparently has Barkley now. Like that's how it works, and it's just it's insane. So I think you got to be really really careful. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I maybe, the, maybe the way the that this like should have been framed is more is less specifically about Barkley and more just like what makes a player. How do you change the outlook of a player in your head from being a punt to being like someone worth considering? Maybe that's what we should be talking about actually, because that's a more Complicated question, obviously, but it's also more relevant and more, you know, consistent throughout the season because we run into these types of flashes in the pan all the time, right? Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's also it really reminds me also last last season with uh, Gundogan. I think he had one like big game, yeah, he had, like a 14, 16 point or something, like in game week eight ish or something, maybe similar to this time, but. You know, he was another player where he was priced at five five or something like that. He rose like point six in price or something in two game weeks, and then he started to get rotated and die, and someone else got fit, and it's just like he played in fucking central slash DM anyway. And people just see that one huge haul. Granted, Barkley's got three straight games with returns, but he's just he's not he's just not a good pick. I don't know what to I don't know what to tell you. He's not playing like centrally. He's not playing as a ten. He's He's playing in central midfield. Is like, I mean, he had no touches in the box this week. I yeah, thought it was an interesting statistic. Yeah, I mean, that, that's thank you for bringing that up. That's nice. It's like bringing in like Hamez, thinking he just got a ten pointer, a blank, and an eight pointer, and he had like two pens and one of them with Max Bones. It's like he's great. Look at these points. Like he's going to be great. It's like, well, let's look at the <laughs> let's look at the player. I mean, it's just it doesn't make sense to me. It's a bad job. It's it's just a bad job. Yeah, we want the reliability of starts, the nailedness being probably number one most important thing because without the opportunities, you can't get it. And just that first number one most important thing, Barkley does not even check that box. So, yeah, I think you're convincing me on the non-option aspect, but maybe on wildcard I can figure out a way to make it a thing. But that's the thing, right? If you're wildcarding and you see an able replacement, you're able to sculpt your team to have 15 good players or 14 with the backup goalkeeper or whatever. But, you know, at 5-8, because the price is so cheap, you can, you can cover yourself a little yeah, bit. Exactly. And, you know, you see him either maybe take off or he's benched in two game weeks after a blank, then you get rid, you know, then you mitigate the risk a little bit. But for most people who have other problems in their team, like people like me who had two players miss out, I saw plenty of people who had three players miss out, not even fielding 11 this week, and then they're talking about, should I do this double switch of like Fraser to Barkley? I'm like, what the actual fuck are you thinking about? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A, it, but that, those are the kind of transfers that... No, I know, when you put it like that, it's hysterical. Yeah, it's no, like Fraser's like, like, what, number three or four yeah. midfielder in the game right now? Yeah, it's, Plays it's 90 every like, week. Oh my god, it's, oh, it's just upsetting. And then, you know, and then we... That's that. Dude, you got me so worked up already. I just had the nice sponsor job, and now I'm just like on T. I'm sorry. All right. Where do you want to go from here? You you choose our next path. Um, I think Darty was really interesting this weekend. Darty. Yeah, you know, Spaniel Alves. His stats are so fucking stupid. I can't understand. I mean, he missed that one really, really big chance, but. He had fucking five goal attempts, four goal attempts in the box, 
And he created two chances, and he's a monster. I, I think even though he's on two blanks in a row, he's definitely a start every week. I don't give a shit who they're playing. He's playing out of position. He's so good. He's fallen so far by the wayside because of these two blanks after he rattled off like 12-2, 12-15 between game weeks 5 and 8. But I think he's just like the ultimate key cog for the medium to long term. Just set and forget. I, I'm he's, absolutely he, enamored by him. He led the match with seven touches in the box. He led the match with six shots. He led the match with four shots in the box. And he's a fucking it's, four eight right back. It's, it's so dumb. He's so, his stats are so ridiculous. He's just so ridiculous. He's so good. He's yeah. so good. It's he's so good. Yeah, it's like him and Alonzo up there, just like for like touches in the box and shit like that, and like shots that aren't just like set piece shots, like actual shots with their yeah. feet. Alonzo and Darty are tied with shots in the season for defenders with eighteen. And then the next guys are like Keane, Rudiger, Maguire before you get to PVA. You know, it's like yeah, you got all, all the slab heads. Yeah, all, all slabs of different <laughs> shapes and varieties. Um, I mean, that wasn't going anywhere. I just wanted to. No, I wanted I, to bring that up because I, I have not seen anyone. Tit. I haven't seen anyone talking about him the last two weeks because he doesn't score points, and people only talk about people who just score points. But it must be said. I mean, he's like. You know, if you need a make weight and you're looking to downgrade in defense, I, I honestly don't give a fuck about the fixtures for Wolves. Like, it just doesn't matter to me. The boy is playing out of position and his stats are absurd. Well, I mean, if you had those stats out of Richarlison, Richarlison hasn't had a game with those stats all season. Not even close. He's like two million more. Yeah. It's all like, life. that's, yeah. yeah, it's exciting. Ugh. Wow. You he just- goes up, he runs up and down the right wing, like, really well. Derek knows. <laughs> I need um, to pull that quote from Derek from the IRL pod and just play it every podcast episode because it's true after every match. But no, it is interesting though because also it, it reminds you of like the fireside chat where Kaylee was saying how good and legit Wolves defense is. And then they go off and rattle, you know, blanks and blanks. But like they completely dominated that match. They just had like one ridiculous. weird, unlucky, unintentional cross from Bruno that like randomly fell directly to Glenner's feet. And he did really well. Is Glenner's only shot in the game. I mean, Wolves created 19 chances. Brighton created five. Like they, it was a ridiculous game. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to shout out that like their defense is still performing really well just because yeah, Glenner I mean, scored a weird goal. It doesn't, you know. Yeah, and the other thing that must be said of Wolves, do granted they don't have cleans in the last two games, but they haven't let up more than two goals in a game all season, which is that puts them in very elite company. I mean, like Kaylee mentioned on the fireside chat, I mean they're right there with Liverpool and City in terms of their defensive underlying stats and metrics. So I, I think Doherty is just great. And yeah. uh, that's it. Yeah. What else we got? You had some good questions? Definitely, but hold on. I want to talk more macro, just on like holding guys because. Holden, like Stu, Stu Holden, not Stu Holden or Rob Holding, but rather just like being patient with guys, I should say, because like there's the Bournemouth players everyone's bugging out about. There's Matto, who everyone's transferring out, Richarlison, everyone's transferring out, Mitro, everyone's worried about. Like we got a lot of questions on all of these guys. Wolfgang Jones on Slack, thoughts on Mitro? Fulham have been dreadful last few games. Mitro doesn't seem to be getting any service. Um, Spurs gamer on Slack. Given the fixtures, will the Bournemouth attack fail as spectacularly as I would like them to? <laughs> um, Lee and Slack asking about Fraser and Wilson. Uh, Jabron James 
asking us about Martial versus Matto. DW saying how many shit bags are going to jump on the Martial train this week. So it's just like there's a lot of like unrest I feel like right now in the FPL community with all of the like sort of mid price guys who have been pretty steady since game week one and and are you know like high up on their overall points who have been like kind of maybe turning out of form or fixtures are turning in Bournemouth's case and stuff like that and just wondering like I don't know who do you who do you have faith in to hold or are you looking to move all these guys out too or what do you think about that um I mean Mitrovic for one is terrifying it's very Lincoln, worrisome yeah I mean granted they are playing like the elixir to cure polio, AIDS, and like every fucking black plague in one against Huddersfield this week. They still have Liverpool and Chelsea coming up to the next four. And his stats over the last two games are one penalty touch in the last two games and two goal attempts. And it's not looking good for Fulham. They look an absolute dumpster fire. And Jokanovic is making minimum like three changes to the team sheet every weekend. I don't think I would get rid of him right now with Huddersfield, but I would one million percent get rid of him for next week. No matter what he does, I think they they're going to fire Jokanovic soon, and whoever they bring in obviously isn't going to be trying to win five four anymore like Jokanovic has been doing. And you know, at Liverpool, game week twelve is, is is everything you need to. But I think you definitely need an exit strategy with Mitrovic. Do you, what do you think about him? Do you, yeah, do you I think so too. I and mean, it was interesting on the average positioning. I mean, you mentioned his touches in the box, but just to put it in perspective, he was deeper this week than Funes Mori. Um, not Funes Mori. I just called him Funes Mori. Fasu Mensa, <laughs> um, Sari, Sherla, Sessignon, Kamara. Mitrovic was deeper than all of those guys. He was like, he was like defensive mid. He had one touch in the box. It was ridiculous against Bournemouth. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember saying this like three-ish weeks ago with Fulham that I'm just like really worried about owning any of their players because they're the worst team in the league. <laughs> like they score goals, so they are more aesthetically pleasing than like Huddersfield and Cardiff, but like they're the worst team in the league. Like, you cannot win and give up you know, fucking three to four goals a game. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, they're the worst team, like real life results. But for FPL, results, they I are mean. nowhere near the worst team, or they haven't been so far because they score so many goals. So their attackers are options, right? Exactly. That's, that's, that's the FPL. Yeah. That's the yeah, FPL yeah. lenses that we all see it through. But like, they're the worst right. team in real life, and it's just like I don't like buying into that. Like even like Sherla, it's like he shoots a billion times a game. Like he's been scoring goals and stuff. Like. He's gonna probably get dropped soon. Been just a mad rotation rampage by Jokanovic. Like he has to change. He feels the need. He's so the results have been so bad, and he so lacks confidence in his system. If he has a system, that he feels the need to make like drastic changes every single week, which is just the last thing you would ever want from an FPL player. So yeah, I'm, I'm full of void on Fulham. Yeah, and then Bournemouth is also. I mean, that's the that's probably the biggest question of the, of the week. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I'm I'm very much in the in the hold Bournemouth aspect asset camp right now. I think they they've shown enough, um, and there have been that that much of a lack of other options in the price bracket of like Callum Wilson at striker as well as Fraser in midfield to uh, to lead me to believe that it's just worth seeing what they've got in their locker for the next couple of weeks. I mean, home United's not great, but you know, United's defense has been playing a little bit better recent last couple of games, but 
And he could still imagine at least, you know, maybe two goals in that game. At Newcastle, not great. Home Arsenal's fantastic. And then at City's tough. But I just, I, I think it's, I just don't know that you're going to be able to chase points or catch lightning in a bottle to the point where you're going to find someone who's going to be so much better um, than, than, especially Wilson, I think. Fraser maybe is, is a, more of a case to be nay, but I mean, Fraser's stats are ridiculous. He's like top three in the entire league in chance created to date. And, and you know, top, he's, he's, top in big, big chances created. Yeah. And he's really good on bonus points. Like he's just, he's so good. I mean, he's I got him so a while good. ago. I got him a while ago and I sell him for pretty cheap. I mean, I might look at maybe getting something like Jerry D. I think they rotate really well. Wofford and Bournemouth for like a short spell. I, I don't know, something like that. But, um, I, I would hold Wilson. The stats are so good. And, you know, Josh King's dead. So he's on pens now again. And, I mean, six six. You're just you're not gonna you're not doing better than that unless if you can go to Arnie, which I think I would endorse that straight swap for sure. If you can do that for free, just because this, the the fixture run for West Ham is absurd. Um, but other than that, I, I think Wilson's like next best seven million range striker. I, I mean, Callum's stats they continue to be just the silliest thing of life. Like he. Essentially, this week against Fulham had half of Bournemouth's total touches in the box and half of Bournemouth's total shots. Yeah, but so like this is the main issue that I think we are all facing, which is why the game's difficult. Is the only team in like the top eight they've played all season, and we're on game week ten, just booked is at Chelsea, where he blanked and they lost two 0 Right. So that's the thing. Is okay. Stats are great against the ten worst teams in the division. But they're not playing those teams in the near term, so that's that's where it's like, you know, are are they going to keep it up against some tougher opposition, or are they going to kind of score one goal a game and just kind of be shit and lose? I don't know. That, what do you, yeah, what's your read tough, on that? It's tough to see, but at the same time, I, I do think the fixtures are a little overblown. Like as you just went through them, like United home, United home, Arsenal, and at Newcastle in the next three is not bad. Like that's not it's not good, but none of those are bad. None of those are top. Eight defensive teams in the league so far this season. Like, and Everton just showed that against United. Arsenal, we don't need to talk about. And Newcastle are tight and play a negative bus, but like they're so fucking bad that some, sometimes it doesn't even matter. Obviously, City and Liverpool in the next six are the two best defensive teams in the division, so that's tough. But sandwich that with home Huddersfield, I don't know. I don't even know if they're that bad. Like, Bournemouth have been so good that. I think I agree with you. Holding it seems more appealing. I mean, I say holding. I haven't had a Bournemouth attacker all season, but holding, I think, would be what I would lean towards as well with the price and just how good they've been. Yeah, it's but like you mentioned, they have United, Arsenal, City, Liverpool, four of the next six. I, I get it if you want to get rid, but you know, getting someone like Ross Barkley, I'm like, come on. That's that's not better than than Fraser. Yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is I feel like that's like more the names and less the actual like results that we're seeing. Like United, Arsenal have not been good defensively at all this season. Okay, yeah, no, you're yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it it would be worse if it like City and Liverpool obviously bad, but it would be legitimately worse if the the two those two fixtures were swapped with like at Wolves at Watford. I'd be like, damn, those two teams have been really good and really tight all season. So that's like tougher to me. Like you said, Wolves aren't mm-hmm. conceding, like haven't conceded more than two all season. Like United and Arsenal do that for fun. I mean. So what about this? Muzza 
has at Everton, at Cardiff, home Leicester, at Huddy, home Palace. Who the Burnley. fuck is Muzza? Bald Glenn Murray. <laughs> I didn't. I've never heard Muzza in my life. It is fucking Muzza. Happy <laughs> Muzz. How do you not know about the Muzz? Muzz. I was trying to think of someone that started with the letter M on Bournemouth. I was like, yeah, I have it's no idea what you're He's rattling those six off. What is the argument to not do Callum to him? Uh, he took one shot this week and it went in. Good job by you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm pod partner and you're actual human alone. Pod partner. Oh, pod this is partner, pod partner. Out. Yeah, I, just, I, mean, I lay it up for you. I just tee it up for you and you fucking knock it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like Leonard. And he's a, the type of name. That in my wildcard tinkers, I'm like, do I go Glenner here and just hold him <laughs> for 10 weeks? Because Brighton's fixtures are so good. He's 6'5". And then I'm like, Glenner is basically <laughs> like a defender. Like a goal for Glenner is a clean sheet for a defender. And he's the same price as a premium defender. I'm like, give me the defender. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's not double returning anytime soon. And like Alonzo or that's the only way even, yeah, but yeah, yeah, fair. but even like Kyle Walker, it's like, I feel better about city keeping a clean sheet, like at Spurs than Glenner scoring against anyone. Yeah. I mean, it's, we overcomplicate things sometimes, but when you think about it, it's like a clean sheet for a defender is the same as a goal for a forward. Right. So, how many cleans are City and Liverpool going to have this season? Like 20. 18 to 20 each? Can you see Glenner getting 18 to 20 returns? There's an, actually no chance. Glenn? Glenner. Are you talking about Glenn? Glenner. He's a, he's a spring chicken. He's extremely young and extremely spry. So I don't know. He might do. He's already on six goals through 10 game weeks. Yeah, he's five shots in the last four game weeks. That's pretty good. It's good. That's pretty. That's pretty good. more than a shot a game. That's pretty. I don't good. want to hear about the shots. He's got two goals in his last three. Sounds like he's the best player in the world. Yeah, him and Barks, I think, are the easiest wildcard picks in my life. Yeah, and just bring in Rom. You're fine. Yeah, it's a good job by me. Um, yeah, that's that covered. I guess. Do you want to talk about Tony M? What do you think about Tony M? You know I'm in love with him, dude. He's just such a sexual being. I love him. He's so he good. And oozes sex. Yeah, he's he is just like he's the type of guy that me and you love. I mean, he's Memphis, but instead of being like a Dutch fuck, <laughs> he's just a French like orgy god or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about it on Slack. Like he just does a little cheek, little toe poke as he like dances around, and then he just bursts down the line and just puts in like a cross to Mata's head on a plate or something. He's so good, and the goals he's he so scores good. are just like it's just like perfectly curved. You know, like someone said in Slack this week after his goal, which is a absolute insane worldy this week, was just like that's a FIFA goal. Like it looks like too perfect. Like the he just curves it. Right into the corner, unstoppable. Like it's the shot that you see before he takes it. You're like, oh, he has that corner, and then he just does it. It's just like, yeah, ah, so good. So you think he's a good pick? Yeah, I mean, we talked about him last week. We've been talking. He, he's been very high on the uh, in the slack slack. Uh, what's that word wall thing that Dave Davy Boy makes sometimes? Like what words are said a lot? Like Tony Adams oh, being said all the time. <laughs> He, I mean, don't forget. Also, I mean, he had nine points, but he should have. He should have had a thirteen point haul if Paul isn't an absolute fucking piece of fuck. He's such a nightmare taking pens. I can't believe it. But 
That's true. Tony M at seven three is is just. He's just so good. I, I'm just I a little worried about his stats, and his stats are incredibly bad. Uh, it's just the thing about the they were better against Everton. They weren't as good against Chelsea, and then home Newcastle is kind of a little bit of woo, last but, four games. He has four shots in the box, six shots yeah. total. No, I, I get that, but I you know historically I don't have actual data in front of my face to back this up. But I remember when he started, his stats were always like decent. And granted, the conversion rate's never like ninety percent or whatever it is right now, but. The opposition has to be taken into account as well because, like you know, Newcastle are a tight ship, and then and then Chelsea was a tough game, and you know West Ham whatever. But they have Bournemouth, Palace, Southampton three of the next four. That's pretty good. They have Arsenal, Fulham, game week fifteen, sixteen. I just feel like it's yeah, that's less true. Of a, I mean, he yeah, he did nothing against West Ham, and people are like calling for his head. Because the first game he started all season, week. like against Chelsea, he only had two shots, but they were both goals, and they were both pretty good chances, and the stats were good, and then. Against Everton, yeah. his XG was pretty high. He drew the pen, scored the goal, took yeah. more shots, created four chances. Yeah, and the other thing with Tony, I have to remember, I mean, we—I feel so bad for him that he moved to Manchester United. It's just, it's just almost a career-ending move. What could have been if he went somewhere with like a good manager and he actually played? But he is a streaky form, confidence type player. We've seen him, you know, get a few starts and blow the doors down until he gets fucked off by Mourinho because he like. Missed a defensive assignment covering from Matic, you can't move anymore, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as he's starting and he's dropping Lukaku before he drops Martial, is telling you a lot. So yeah, that's big. It's big. So I think it's it's less a pun and just like a really good pick and someone that the first league match he doesn't start, I would probably transfer him out immediately. But until that happens. I think he's just a great pick. I mean, I'm I am looking at at bringing him in this week. I looked at it last week and I was just a little bit too far away with the money, but I'm I'm looking at him again. Yeah, he's he's very, high very up high there in my wild card thoughts for sure. Yeah, I mean, seven three. It's just it's just really good value. You know, you make everyone makes every non even I guess Manchester United fans, but all non Manchester United fans make the jokes of how like bad they are and shit. But I mean, it's still Manchester United. You know, they're still gonna. They're still going to be able to create chances against all the minnows, and, and the fixtures are decent. So, Martial's he's just really good. And wasn't he also classed as an actual forward when he came in a couple seasons ago? Yeah, and he was like nine. He's playing forward. He's basically playing out of position. Yeah, yeah. He's not. Rashford was more like further up the pitch than him on average, but Martial, whenever he wants, goes central. It seems like yeah. he yeah. he has free reign to just like cut in and, and shoot. But I don't know how you. The one thing that keeps nagging at me is I don't know how I could transfer in a Manchester United midfielder and his name's not Paul because Paul's always in my thoughts. He's so good. <laughs> the run-up memes are really good this week. The fucking I just, I just I, the Usain, Usain yeah. Bolt running the hundred meter and the time Paul yeah, yeah, yeah. run up. Fantastic! It's so, it's, it's so embarrassing. It's, it's just so embarrassing. embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's just a child trying to be cool. Or, I don't know. Whatever. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me for longer. Like how long? How long is everyone going to look at me right now? Yeah, loves it. Yeah, great, Paul. Keep doing it, Paul. You're doing great. Um, I think one more thing, and then let's rattle off questions. There's a ton of questions this week, but. We should probably talk about Kuhn a little bit. I mean, he was completely invisible today. Started good, subbed off early again, bad. I mean, where are you at with Kuhn? I mean, we've, we've both had him all season. It's getting pretty tough. Yeah, it's getting tough. I mean, the main thing is they have home Southampton coming up, and yeah. then the fixtures are so good. 
So the main the main thing is if if I get rid of Kuhn, I mean you're on wild card. So if I'm on wild card, I'm not considering him for sure. For sure, not considering him. But I have a, a lot of issues being able to reinvest the money effectively with just like two transfers. Yeah, it's I hard. I want to spread it around with maybe three or four transfers. And so, like, that's a big problem. Like, just the timing of it and the way that you'd be able to do that in the in the short term from just transferring them out, not on wildcard, but the, the minutes is is just everything. It's his stats were still like decent today. He still had a few, you know a few pops on goal from the box and stuff like this. And the pitch was diabolical. Obviously, we all saw that. And you know the fixtures are really good in the near term. And it's still City. They create a bunch of chances. They take a bunch of shots on target. Blah 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 blah. blah and he has no competition for his spot because Jesus is a fucking piece of donkey shit. But if you're playing between 60 and 70 minutes, 70 minutes every week, that's okay if maybe you price at like six million and you're your fourth midfielder. But if you're an 11 million striker, that doesn't fly anymore. Somehow, City doesn't drop hands anymore. Maybe there's a conspiracy with like the Martin Atkinses of the world, where Arsenal can handball in the box every single week and never get a foul <laughs> called. But City will never get a pen for the rest of the season, so that's nailed. So we can put that in a box and compartmentalize that for ourselves. But you know, Aguero's just—he's a bad pick right now. I think he's been returning steadily, not explosively, for some time now. But when the player can't play ninety minutes, it's that's everything. You can't spend eleven million on, on that player to me. Would you consider Abba? Would you consider Abba? No, I, I wouldn't consider Abba. Same reason like Barkley. I mean, Emery is chopping and changing every game week. Still, still changing formation every few games. He still doesn't really know what's happening in terms of system personnel and. Granted, Obbs is you know banging him in for fun, but he was benched for like what two of the last four games, three of the yeah. last four games, something like yeah. that. So it's just, I mean it's just dumb. He's an awful pick. He's an absolutely awful pick. I would have Laka before Ob, even though Laka's stats have been worse. Um, just for the very nature that he's a nine nailed on, but I don't I don't think there's anything there. I, I, minutes are king. If you play ninety minutes, you're nailed. I, I would rather a fucking Kane than Abba. If you're playing 90 minutes, you can just get a header or a pen or something and stoppage, and you had a great day. And if you're playing, if you're coming off the bench or you're playing 60 minutes, you're not a captaincy option at an 11 million premium option, which you really want for that price. And it's it's just not it's it's just not how I normally play. So for those reasons, I'm out alone. What, about, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, the one thing that. I think it was uh, maybe Jason or something. I was talking about it on Slack. The only thing with Kuhn ahead of Raz, who I think is probably the probably should be the most popular city attacker, even though he's not currently, and it's still Kuhn by a lot. Is Kuhn still starts every week? Whereas when Raz misses, he he just will probably play zero minutes. So when they have a plum fixture like home Southampton, it feels kind of bad to get rid of Kuhn because. Even though he's going to play 60 minutes, he's pretty nailed on to start. He started, I think, every game this season. And he'll probably have a good chance at like double or triple returning as he does at home and as City do against bad teams. Whereas like you get in Raz on wildcard, which is probably who I'll end up getting. And it's like, if he starts, he'll probably double or triple return. But he also might just play zero minutes. So this is another thing. I mean, I, I tongue-in-cheekedly texted you earlier today, but... I don't see that Raz maybe, but with Kuhn, I don't see a reason why. Even if they were priced equally, I would have. Well, no, that's not. That's not true. Take cut that. Edit that out. Kuhn <laughs> price will, at eleven. <laughs> Kuhn price at eleven compared to Laporte price at five change is 
actual joke because they return the exact same points every week and have done for the last two months. And I'm never Captain and Coon because he doesn't fucking play 90 minutes ever. So there's no, there's no argument there. I give me the defender every day of the week. I'm Mendy, Laporte, Ederson. I, I don't, if I'm not going to captain an 11 million player and there's a fucking sub six million player on the same team who's returning the same points, I think I could put those five million pounders to better use around my squad. There is so, a shout for going on wild triple, card. Triple city defense, double Liverpool defense and Salah. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting. Also, is like looking at it that way. I would, if I were to do something like triple city defense, which I think is very shout worthy because I mean Kevin is very expensive and and didn't I mean, start Delva, today. Whatever didn't start today, so we still don't know what's going on there. I mean Delva is just you know kind of a weird whatever, and then Raz who misses every four games or so. If you go triple city defense, you could go Mo and Mane for their very plum near term with a single Liverpool defender. But with between Hazard and Mo, you don't need another eleven million player in your team because you can't. You know, you're not going to do some weird three way captaincy. It's just too nuts. And I mean, Kuhn's not playing ninety minutes. You do not spend eleven million on a player who doesn't play ninety minutes. It's just I that's know. a simple it's a, thing. It's like it's too like it's two like immovable staples of FPL going at each other because you don't spend double digits on someone you don't captain. I totally agree with that. And at the same time, not having shares on the best attacking team in Europe, let alone the Premier League, feels a little bit weird, you know? No, yeah, it feels weird, but at the same time, like if Raz is gonna I mean, say a four or a five game week window from Raz is like Misses a game, blanks two games, double return one game, assist one game, versus four clean sheets out of those five, and you're spending under half or about half the budget on the defender. I mean, that's something to think about. And you're not going to captain Raz, for example, because you're going on Mo and Haz for the you know. Yeah, whatever. I mean, you're you're overcomplicating things. Just look at the total scores. I mean, Raz is on fifty six, Laporte's on fifty four, Mendy's on fifty three, and missed three games. Walker's yeah. on fifty, like they're basically all on the same points, and Raz is double the price. Yeah, so there we are. It's because we always chase the upside. It's so fun to chase the fucking. You want to chase the twenty point hauls? That's, yeah, that's you, you follow the white rabbit to the matrix. Follow line. the fucking white rabbit. Take the fucking dong pill to dong land. You know, that's that's yeah. that's coon. But yeah, I think coon out, man. Yeah, coon out for sure. I, I have sad, no problem with coon, sad, but again, sad days. But again, this is the issue. Is like, where do you go? Because the the strikers are just kind of terrible again. So, well, yeah. I mean, this the leading into a lot of questions, and you guys sent in so many questions, I couldn't even get to a lot of them. But starting right here is talking about that Jacob on Slack. Given the value that blue chip defenders return and the quality and price of midfielders this year, is there an argument for having no heavy heavy firepower up front? For example, a four five one with someone like Arnie or Mitro up front. That's a I still exactly I still what we're talking about. I despise the one striker up top. Because, because of the backup strikers or because of something yeah, else? Yeah, because of the four or five options of striker, which there's success and then nothing. Because the fixture pileup, which we haven't touched on, which we need to talk about, is coming up in a very short, like three game weeks time, I think. It's December and there's games every three days where we're going to have even more rotation than we already have had. And it just destabilizes your team so much in terms of 
flexibility moving forward. If you if you have you know four or five premium defenders all priced in the six million or above region, it does not make it easy for you to flexibly switch your formation with just the one transfer every week, saving a transfer to to pour money back in and get a premium option if you need to in the in the forward slot. I mean, if your most expensive striker is seven million and you need to get to eleven because circumstances change and someone emerges or something like this. I mean, we know things ebb and flow every four to six game weeks. There's a new template or whatever, new template formation. And if you have to make multiple downgrades from defense to free up enough money to go from seven million or dare I say four or five million to like nine million, it's it's not it's not good. I think it's just too rigid, and it just boxes you in too much if you don't have your wild card left. Yeah, I have ran into this exact problem a lot on my actual wild card because it's very easy to make a team that's four or five four one is is the team that's like easiest to make with the most template guys because obviously you get the most value out of ha- having five starting defenders because they're the cheapest and nailed and stuff. But then you go back to it and it's just like. It feels really bad. It feels bad to have a team that has like success and like I don't know Ings as your twelfth man or something. It's just it's all a fucking clusterfuck. But I don't know. We, maybe we should talk about the fixture pile up. Like, do you, you have thoughts on that? It is coming up a lot sooner than it feels. Yeah, I, I it's it's difficult to talk about. Obviously, we talk about every pot, and you know, it's I feel like every year is very different in terms of how much it affects FPL. It's like almost the managers get together in a dark room underneath like <laughs> like there are some years where we go through December and I'm like, "Oh, like I didn't need to go too deep on my bench once. Like I got lucky. Like my one premium midfielder missed this week and then the other one missed this week and they were taking turns missing games." I, I feel and, like last year was that year. Like I, yeah. it's really hard to remember, but I feel like last year we were Talking about the fixture pileup nonstop, leading into it, and then it wasn't that big. There was, a deal. No, there was no problem whatsoever. But then at the same time, this year I'm like, oh great! Like there's just a, a week where there's nothing happening. My team looks great, and then I'm I'm like three deep on my bench, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So I'm I'm a little bit like traumatized about the bench situation. So I I just feel like it's very important to have good bench options, and not just have like players, but players who are actually good, like. Getting one point from Billing, I could give a fuck. It's one or zero. Like he's so bad. I don't know why I have him on my team. I don't know why I structure my team game week one to have a four or five mid. It's so bad. It's what we always do. It's what we always do. I know. I know. I'm definitely not doing it next year. This is going to be like the major takeaway game week thirty eight pod fast forward. There is zero percent chance I don't have an actual good. Reasonable fifth midfielder next season. There's no chance that's not happening. Yeah, let me cut you off with these two questions because this is like pretty much exactly about the bench and just the, how to deal with it. But there's two questions: Hazel Rocket on Slack, a four four million or under defender, or a four five million or under strikers bench fodder. And then he clarified it later and he said he's basically asking: Would you rather have a mid price striker and someone like Juan B? Or a top defender and someone like success. And then Tim on Slack, he said, similar to Hosel Rocket's question, if you're gonna look to strengthen your bench, considering how many auto subs we're all using, who would you pick for a strong bench? Obviously, this depends on formation too. So is it worth going to a formation that favors a stronger bench? I.e., four or five forwards don't really play, so you need two or three up top while four or five mids do play. Is that worth a thought? 
That was a lot, a lot of action right there. But ba- yeah. basically, basically, my thoughts on the bench. This is something that's a little interesting of game theory that I came to a conclusion recently. Of. It's like we have five defenders in our teams, and you probably have about two of the five that are start every week. And so then maybe you have like you know some type of rotation of the other three or whatever. But having having a defender like a four or five bracket defender from a bottom ten team as bench cover is really bad because you're always rotating that player to the bench because they're playing a good team and they have a bad chance for a clean sheet. So, you know, if you have a West Ham and a Leicester defender and a Palace defender, you know, they're not all playing good teams all the time. You know, you're starting the ones that have good good fixtures and you're benching the ones that don't. And there's a big difference between Juan B at Arsenal and Kennedy at Leicester. You know, you, you have an actual chance of an attacking return from your, you know, attacking cheap mid on a kind of shitty team against another kind of shitty team versus, you know, Juan keeping a clean against Leicester or, you know, West Ham. Well, maybe not West Ham, but whatever. You, you know what I mean? Like a mid table team, you know. If you're going to bench your, your four or five defender because the fixture is not good, chances are they're not going to keep a clean sheet in that game. And if he comes off the bench, is first on your bench, you're going to get two or one points and it's worthless. So I think it's much more important to have a, a good attacker as your bench player, your first bench player, than a defender. Yeah, I think I, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes, that sense. makes sense. Especially because clean sheets are weird because. Good teams can clean against anyone. Bad that's teams the price really, bracket. Bad teams really, or mid-table bad teams really can't. And it's that's like, the thing. The, the the price bracket is you know you're, it's a four-five defender or like a five-five or under midfielder. They're all on bad teams, but you you want the attacker on the bad team because they at least have a fluky chance of a return versus a bad team who's not going to keep a clean sheet against a good team. Yeah, I think that makes sense because an yeah, attacker yeah, yeah. Okay. starts every week. Still returns what, like on a bad team, like a cheap attacker who starts every every week returns like one in four, something yeah, like that. I mean, more or less. If if it's someone that we're talking about for FPL, like a like a Kennedy or a fucking Will Hughes or something, yeah, probably Josh yeah. Murphy. But that's a bit, yeah. But that's the thing is, it's like it's not only that, but their their low side is like two points. But you, you know, sometimes you start your defender on a bad team or. You have your defender, you're rotating them out, and they're first on your bench, and they give up four goals against fucking zero. It's like, what? Zero? Yeah. You know, you, you you get minus points for the bad players playing good teams. Like, that's bad. So it's, it's, it's something to think about. And it's also, it, it should inform your formation, because if you have like a four or five, well, success is a, is a different person, but, you know, if you have a four or five dead striker, you know, you have to think about these things. If you're going four, four, two, and you have a dead striker, and you have maybe like a couple of cheap defenders that you're kind of rotating three defenders for two spots, and you have a four or five midfielder, then all of a sudden, like, you're benching your nailed defender each week of, you know, you're rotating, but they're playing at Arsenal, City, Spurs, like Liverpool. You're not getting points off the bench when they play, so. Yeah, yeah. This is all really interesting. I don't know. It it's weird because you're saying all this, and it makes so much sense. And I'm like, why for the last set, six years have we just been having four or five guys who play 90 minutes but never return on our bench? But I guess it's, it's, part of it has to do bad. with we've never had rotation as bad as this season. So I think that's kind of why it's on the forefront. 
Yeah, I no, I agree. I, the rotation this season's been out of control. The the other thing too, to be fair, is that last season was literally the first season since FPL was created that three four three stopped being the formation that every single person played. Yeah, that's true. And w- when you play three four three, you have two defenders on the bench. So most often in the old in old by two years ago and even er- and earlier than that, you have two start every week defenders, and then you're rotating normally. Three, four, five defenders, or two, four, fives, and a four zero for one spot. So you're still going to have one of those of those three defenders who has like a medium fixture who you bench, but yeah. still is like a medium fixture. Yeah, so and that, that first and on your bench like is similar a good to option. the one in four returning rate or something like that. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. now that no one plays yeah. three four three anymore, then it, it's completely upside down, and it, we have to rethink the way that we you know formulate our teams. You know? Yeah, this is very interesting shit right here. Damn, this is like, oh, my wildcard juices are fucking flowing. I can't wait for the pod to be over so I can get back in there. Yeah, We're running just long. Tell, tell pod partner to fuck off. No. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next question. Brian on Slack, can Mane keep pace with Salah or Salah the guy? And with so much yeah. rotation, is either of them a doubt for the Fulham game, which they play Fulham <laughs> I mean, after Arsenal? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to address that, but... I think it's clear that Salah is better. I, the underlying stats are better, and I, granted, there's a, there's a significant price difference, but he's he's so good. Every, he's the danger man. He plays striker, actual central striker up top when they go four two three one. He's just a better finisher and a better player than Mane full stop, and he's just incredible. I, I think that there's now because of the fixtures a little bit shifting sands. Perhaps you go both, um, but no, I, I think in short, no. I, I think it's like a little bit points and, and recency bias, thinking that. Mane's been matching with Salah, but Salah's been returning steadily all season. And Mane had a couple of hot, a couple of big bangs early doors, and then he had a string of blanks, and he just had this brace. And, yeah, and, and in regards to rotation, return. if there's any rotation, we've basically seen that Salah is like undroppable for Klopp. It's, it's been like that way. It's been that he's, way for like two yeah. seasons now, yeah. and it's just he's like Kane. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And Mane, like you can go in and out. Like you can play Shaq one game up there or something, and like figure it out. But Salah is just—it's just the main man, the injured man. Yeah. Also, there's an international break coming up. Like their schedule, Liverpool schedule. Obviously, I know Liverpool schedule, but it's Arsenal, Champions League against Red Star Belgrade again, Fulham joke, and then an international break. So there's probably no chance or, or reason to rest them before that anyway. Um, fucking international break. <laughs> Another. It's only it's it's only the thirteenth this season. No big deal. Yeah. Um, Aaron on Slack. I've lost so much money on Salah, Peltier, and Alba. Team has gained value as well. However, they they only apply fifty percent. Should we be obsessing over price drops and consider using transfers on them, or accept it as a matter of fact? Yeah, I mean, losing point one on Salah, you, you just delete your team, right? Losing point one on delete. Salah is good. You should just delete your fucking team. Losing point one on Salah is good. And you should celebrate every time you lose point one on Salah. It means less people have them and they're dumb and bad. All right. I mean, that question disregarded, but we're running into the hour mark, and that's a question that you bring up. I question you, Alon. This is like a Roma situation. Oh, come I don't blame, on. I don't blame the question, the questioner. I blame the, uh, the receiver of the question. All right. Fuck me. What do, what do you want? Yeah. 
That was bad. That was a bad job. Doc T on Slack. If KDB returns the previous year's output this season, does he ever have captain potential? I asked since the only way to fit him in my current team is dropping a 10-plus asset like Hazard. I aim to have all my 10-plus assets able, able to wear the armband depending on circumstances. Captaining Kevin is literally the exact same thing as captaining has when they had Conte as the manager. You had absolutely no idea game on game what was going to happen. Yeah, fixture and was pretty much irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. Yeah, it's like they could play a top six side. KDB could bang two goals, like a free kick and a worldie, and, and it doesn't matter. And then they play against fucking dog shit, score six, and KDB blanks. It's like he's playing because he's playing like DM that game or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. or just hockey no, assists every every time. Yeah, he's he's a tormenting captaincy decision. I, I, I he just doesn't shoot that much consistently. And goals are king, obviously. He's very well, reliant also, on when he shoots. Is it's always outside of the box. Range, it's Pogba yeah. ranges. Yeah, I mean, he shoots from range. It's granted, it's maybe mitigated slightly because he's on all his indirect set pieces, so he may get an assist there. With, you know, but but all in all, no, I don't normally view Kevin as a captaincy option. He's kind of like the sort where I'm like, if they're in a double game week and he, that's like two homes, I'm like, well, he was in a play both, so I'm just going to roll the dice there, but. On a normal single game week, in, in general, I, I don't, I don't really think he's. Yeah, and I, I mean, getting getting rid of Hazard for him is no. I think he I was just even. using that as an example of how oh, okay. he would get him. I, mean, I don't think that was okay, okay, the consideration. Okay. But I did mention this with Kev. I think it was last pod, maybe it was two pods ago. Is that he's one of the rare guys where his inherent value is not captaincy, where, which is what you're looking for for the double digit guys because that's the only way they'll return points per million. Kev's value last season was that he was the only guy nailed to play 90 every week on the best attacking team in the Premier League. So he also got six points per assist and eight points per goal. Because of Bones, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And well, so that that's baked into his total score. He'll end up top five no matter what. But that was really his value. He was never really a captaincy option, even when he was like, he finished number two or three in mids last season or something. So. Um, remains to be seen if he's even gonna play ninety every every week with this year with additional options of Bilva oh, and Mars and like shit. Play, he'll play like the cup game in ninety minutes and the cup game on like Thursday and then they have a game on Saturday. Oh my god, people would fucking lose their <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, Ben Urfi on Slack is Lovren a thing? I'd love to get into pool defense at four nine. Is three league games in a row enough for him to be a thing? Uh, take it away. I don't think so. It's so weird. Three league games in a row, you'd expect him to be that. That usually means like nailed on. Like three weeks of playing ninety in a row, two of them cleans, two of them max bones. I still don't think so. I still don't think he's first choice. As weird as that is, what do you think? I, I, I mean, I defer. I really do. I, like you said, three league games normally tells you a big story, and he's. Second, he's fit. He throws him right back into the team, um, and he's been good. I don't mind. He's been good. No, he's yeah, he's been very solid. I don't mind going there at all. Yeah, I don't mind I don't going there. That that is a, a true statement. I mean, at this point, it's like you're not risking that much at four nine. It's okay, but I still but think the thing. first choice back four is Trent yeah, Gomez, BVD, Rabo. I still think so. Th- this is another thing we're talking about the bench. It's like. If you're if you're gonna go throw the roll the dice on putting Lovren in at four nine, 
But you have like Juan Basaka and like Bennett or some piece of shit. And yep. you think Lovren's going to play every week? Then you need to check your team and check right. your head. That's a then, very bad transfer then. And it's like the the Liverpool backline rotation also has been really for everyone in FPL about why so many of us are having so many bench players off the, uh, coming off because everyone has at least one Liverpool be- uh, defender and you know other than Van Dijk they, he's he's starting the Thrabo this week you know it's so that's also something to consider like look at your team like can I afford if Lovren misses out. Two of the next five, am I going to be okay, or is my, am I going to have zeros or ones coming in? So just think about that before you yeah, do the transfer. That's very important. Yeah. Um, Ash to Ashier on Slack. Ryan versus Fabianski for the next run. Like he he puts it at game week eleven through game week twenty one. They both have long, good fixture runs. Who do you like? What do you, what do you think? I, I like flappy hands. I like West Ham. Yeah, Sam. Um, yeah. I mean, Brighton have been cleaning ridiculously well lately, but and the fixtures are good. But I think when you at, really analyze fixture by fixture and when the homes are and when the aways are, I think West Ham's are actually way better. Um, they're way better. They also last for way longer. Yeah, they well I mean, last takes, for the actual you, entire through game week twenty one versus Brighton. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes you to the January wild card comfortably. Um, yeah. It's still, it's, I, I don't, I, I mean, I try to avoid watching Brighton because I normally don't enjoy watching them, but it's very difficult for me to ha- like wrap my head around a team that goes game week one to seven with zero clean sheets and then just rattles three off in a row. I, I still am not sure what their identity is. I don't know if it's, you know, I mean, Grobs are now for a while in the midfield. He's been changing it a lot. I mean, Stevens was also in and out of the team, but. I have I just have no faith in Brighton. I, I haven't had faith in them all season, and I never will have faith in them because I hate them. But the fixtures are okay for them. But it, they them and West Ham are so comparable in terms of just quality and ability and overall squad that I think you play the fixtures. And when you look at the fixtures from game week eleven to game week you know twenty two, it's it's there's no comparison. It's, no, it's really, no comparison. Even that's there's what no, I was saying. Even though they're both like yeah. green, quote unquote, it's like yeah. Brighton's best fixtures, best like matchups are Cardiff, Huddersfield, Burnley, and those are all away coming up, just as an example. And meanwhile, West Ham have all of those teams, all of those teams. They have Huddersfield away, but they have Burnley home, Cardiff home, Palace home, at Newcastle. It's just way better. And they have they have City, but aside from that, yeah. and the other thing too, which I mean, I guess it goes true for for Ryan. I mean, both these keepers, but I mean, if you're still thinking about Patricio or whatever right now, when you look at the fixtures, it's they they're really good on bonus. I mean, the, the center backs don't really get the pass completion; they just hoof it long, and they're making at, at, you know normally like between four and seven saves a game, both Ryan and and Fabianski. So. I mean, that's also just a big feather in their cap. We saw with Fabianski this week; they, they conceded late on, but he made a bunch of saves, got bonus. He, you know, he ended up with a good, good point total. So, yeah, they're exactly. both great picks. They're they're both good picks. They're um, both great picks. Yeah, yeah I mean, Dubrovka is point five more, and I would even consider him too. Yeah, that's um, fair. I, I would. I still like Fabianski though. Yeah, uh, Jabron James on Slack. We kind of mentioned mentioned this, and I think. We both agree with this, but with Callum's fixtures turning, Glenner a home game merchant, and Fulham looking like shit, is Arnie the only viable sub seven striker between now and Christmas? 
I mean, that's that's way too far to, to think about. But, yeah, Arnie's obviously the best option. That's not really a comparison. You know, he missed out with illness. Um, yeah, as soon as he's, like, cleared with the illness, I think he's straight on my wildcard team. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you just go out on, you go skiing too late, and you don't wake <laughs> up until 3 p.m., and you're knackered for a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, and your nose we've, is we've bleeding, all, and you're yeah, fine. We've all been there. You know, you blow your nose. It's it's not yellow boogers. It's actual red blood, and that's just a fact of life. So, <laughs> Arnie's obviously the best option. That doesn't need to be talked about too much. But past that, yeah, we we touched on it. We hit it. Um, Max on Slack wants us to talk about Wofford. He just said Jerry D slash success slash twatcast. <laughs> twatcast. That's <laughs> pretty. It's pretty decent. Um, what do you What do you think about Wofford? I've liked them all season, and. Very, to me, it's very encouraging that Gracia has the balls to just fuck Dini and Gray off and change the system and and do that. And they've been really good. Like they they lost a couple. He changes system drastically, changes the players, and they go back to their winning ways. I think that's really positive and like not the type of thing we're used to from Watford. It's usually the same starting 11 every week, all season. Um, success is obviously the only sub-ings striker in the game that's remotely viable. I don't know if the starts are going to continue regularly. You could get dropped at any moment, but he also subs on almost every game, even when he's not starting, so that's good if you're going to have a cheap backup striker. And then Jerry is... He's just classy. I mean, he the Jerry double, I don't know what makes up for a Jerry hat trick, but he definitely Jerry braced when he scores a worldie and then misses a wide open net. Those that's two parts of the Jerry hat trick. I don't know what the last part is, but yeah, he's Jerry really Hatchick. good. Wofford are good. Yeah, Wofford are good. I'm 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 very surprised about everyone saying like Dini with success, with Isaac success that Everyone's like, Dini's not fit. He's straight back in the team when he comes back. Like, Dini's fucking dumpster fire. He's a trash garbage footballer. He's just like a big personality. I don't understand why after these two performances where Watford have looked revolutionized from you know maybe yeah. the last month and a half. I, granted, Dini's you know he's, does a job, but I, I I don't I take exception with people saying he's coming straight back in and success is going to be bombed to the bench again. Yeah, I, think, I mean I think part of it is like you should look back at what Dini's been doing all season and what Watford have been doing all season. Like Dini's been way out of position all season. He's playing like weird like number ten in a four two three one behind Gray. Gray. He yeah. scored two goals. At least one of those I think is a pen. He's just not doing. A good job at number ten. It's not where he prefers to play, and it's not how he plays. And so, I don't think it's that surprising that him not being on the side has opened things up a little bit. Yeah, and I, I mean, maybe he will be really good with success, and someone else misses that. I don't know, but all I know is they put success in the team. They win two 0 They win three 0 and he looks great. So I have no qualms with putting him in as a four or five option. And like yeah. you mentioned. For a four or five striker to just come off the bench regularly is also a blessing because there are not many players that fit in that category for FPL. But that aside, yeah, I mean, Jerry D looks good. I, I was, I was basically, I spent all of Friday <laughs> looking for people to tell me to not bring in Jerry D. Yeah, and I enough told, people I, I did, told you that I got there. Yeah, no, enough you. people told me not to that I did not do that thing, and and now I'm very happy that I'm sitting in my shitty rank as as I normally do. 
But yeah, Jerry D is just like sub six, doesn't play 90, which is a little bit concerned. But yeah, he's a good Pereira also, I mean, six four, he's been doing it all season. He's he's just ticking along. He, he Yeah, Pereira great. went through yeah. that little bit of lull and we all forgot about him as like Fraser came alive and stuff. Pereira yeah. got thrown away, blanked five in a row, but sandwiched that with lots of returns. Yeah, he's he's the kind of pick that, right? I mean, he's playing basically ninety minutes every single game week. He doesn't get sub very often, which is just that's so it's so big to have a player that plays ninety minutes every week. Oh it's, my god! How many goals happen after seventy five minutes? It's every fucking day we wake up and the the big slates on with six games on in a row. And between minutes seventy and ninety, we see goals in every game. I mean, being on the pitch there and not worrying about is he sub? Did he get sub? What what was what was the sub? It's 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 just a really nice thing for FPL and. You know, Pereira's kind of like a little bit of a set-and-forget type. I mean, in that price region, he's, he's a good pick, I think. He's a really good pick. Um, again, I mean, it's you you have to stick through the, the lean and, and the... and the, What's well, the opposite of lean? Bull? No, bear and bull? I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I don't I'm know this right one. Yeah, I don't know either, but Pereira, <laughs> Pereira's good. Yeah, I mean, Pereira, must, like, he's fifth in the league in shots and midfielders. He's just... Kind of the danger, man. I and mean, they play in a system and a style through Gracia. We talked about this after like game week fucking one, where like Pereira cuts in on his right foot, Will Hughes cuts in on the opposite side on his left foot. The striker and number ten kind of do a lot of work to get the balls to them, and they're the danger, man. And Pereira's just been he's been really good and really dangerous all season for them. He's he's a good job. Twatcast yeah, and for good, yeah, good source of cheap attackers. Yep. Um, I think last question right here. DW on Slack. Is Mares worth a shout now? Four goals in five matches. It's sitting at 8.6. No. You don't think so? No. I think it's a little bit worth looking at. But, I mean, it just seems to me like he's preferred at wing over Sané or Bilva. Like it seems to me that he's the starting, for, not starting. Like he's the first choice right winger for City. Mm, because he's not playing Jesus anymore, so Raz is doing different things. Kuhn, right, Raz is obviously like, first choice left wing. Kuhn is obviously Bill's, first choice um, striker. Bill's left footed. Bill's kind of a Dill's, central midfielder central. now. I mean, he did play Bill at right wing back this season. Let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, though. Like Bill's preferred position is is. The like Dilva position, kind of. So, I mean, we don't really know what will happen when Kev is in the lineup if he'll just drop Dilv or drop Dilv or rotate them in and out every game. But it goes back to this like, we're talking about David Silva. It's like, I, I don't want to spend 8 5 for an assist upside when I could spend 5 7 for a clean sheet every game. Yeah. That's similar. Like that's, that, but that's the, the problem. Mares, I guess, is a little bit more interesting than that because he's a double-digit goal return potential every game. That's the difference yeah. between him and Dilva. But he's also started like four or five games out of ten so far. So, I mean, I don't know what that is. Yeah, he's just started three in a row now and has two, yeah, a goal but, in each of the last two and double digits in each of the last two. Uh, that's that's uh, why it's a little bit worth considering, I think. Uh, no, I don't, I don't see it yet. Not there. You don't see it? Not there? No. No. Okay. 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 Anything else you want to talk about or should we move on? No, let's go. Let's go. Okay, okay. Um, so, Captains, what are you looking at this week? Um, oh, this week's tough. Tough week. 
uh, has gets to play Palace is just a diabolical team, especially with do the amount of fucking pen shouts that they're going to have against Millie making fouls all game. Is, yeah, but your rule you you don't you never captain play over Palace. So what are you going to do? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's good job, good job by you. Um, <laughs> I mean, unless you're breaking I, the rule, which I'm also no, totally no, I, fine dude, with. I will never. I'm a man by my principles. I will never break the rule. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm on mo right now. Um, I think Arsenal are that diabolical. I think Liverpool. I think Emery is naive enough to. Okay, I'm going to take that back. He does not have the remote semblance of personnel to put together a defense that could contain Liverpool. There, he's playing fucking. Shaka at left back and like Lichtenstein is subbing on to not get a red card somehow. It's just disgusting. So I'm on, I'm on Mo right now. I, I probably will stick there. I think Arsenal's defense is that bad. And I think Emery's gonna, he's not gonna shut up shop and try and play for like a one or two nil. I think he might think he can get at them or something like dumb, like Arsenal dumb shit. Yeah, and Arsenal are home, so that makes some that makes even more sense. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's tasty. I think there's gonna be a lot open there on the counter for them. Um, but other than you know the city Southampton game, if I had Raz, I, I think Raz is a very nice shout. I'm obviously not Captain Coon since he won't make it past sixty five minutes this this weekend. But um, yeah, I mean I think that's that's probably about it. What, what yeah, Raz is a really good captain this week. Um, We're horrible, dude. We we are so bad. I mean, yeah, Milivojevic will do everything in his power to give Chelsea not one but two penalties at least. No, Milivojevic is just. A disgusting player. He's so bad. He's so bad. I cannot, I cannot believe what I see when I watch him play. Someone He's tweeted so in: Is Milivojevic bad. now an option? And I, I banned him from Twitter. I blocked him. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 what I actually did was just, I just felt bad. I just ignored it and moved on with my life. And I was like, damn. Like some people like think that. And do you know the other thing that like. I mean, obviously, I watch. I mean, I probably watch like eighty percent of Palace games every season. But he he is so much worse than what Punchin was doing last season. It's not close. Like Punchin has ball control and can actually make not only side passes but forward and diagonal passes. All of those passing things I just mentioned, Milivojevic cannot do. The amount of tackles that Milivojevic makes, that yellow card challenges and tackles that he makes every game, it's it's numbers in the three point five, probably over, over under three point five. He can get a double yellow card, red card every single game yeah, all he, season. You can make an argument for it. He loses the ball and then makes it's, a it's ridiculous it's, challenge to try and recover it. It's, it's so tough to watch. Insane how bad he is on the yeah, ball. Chelsea it's should truly smash, smash, oh smash it's, Palace. It should. But it's like punching. Punching gives you like at least he can fucking pass. Like he's obviously not the defensive. Like he can't like do the things. But he's so much better than Milivojevic. I don't know why he's still playing. I do not understand why he's still in the team sheet. He wears the armband or whatever. I, no one speaks Serbian. I don't know whatever the fuck they speak in Serb Serbia. But he should be bombed the fuck out of the team. He's the worst player on the pitch. Every when we don't start Martin Kelly, he is by far the worst player on the pitch. Joel Ward plays. A ten out of ten compared to what what's Milivojevic your fuck does. Mary kill Joel Ward Martin Kelly and Milivojevic? I would kill Milivojevic every day <laughs> if I could kill him every day of the rest of my life, like like an Atlas situation. When I wake up and he's alive, it's again, Groundhog Day. You just I, wake oh up my to God. that Bob Dylan thing. Yeah. Every day it's the same day, and you just murder him every day. That, when I go to sleep in four hours, that's what I'm going to dream about today. <laughs> Thousand percent. So who are you marrying and who are you fucking? 
I would marry Joel. He's a, he's a fit fit lad. I mean, he's he's good. Wait, was Punchin in that category? No, no, it was just Kelly Ward and Milivojevic. Uh, because Kelly what, Punchin what's is the other obviously both fuck and marry. Hmm. I, I guess it would depend who would cook better between Kelly and Joel Ward. Whichever one cooks better, I would marry. The other one, I would just fuck. I guess I with the bag over my head. Yeah, you'd have to just fuck. Yeah, you gotta do it. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Hazard is probably the best captain this week because captaining anyone from City is risky. But yeah, Raz is good. I think Moe's good too. I'm trying to see if there's anyone else, but not really Arnie. seeing anyone else. Arnie. Arnie Home Burnley. Burnley are. Oh, they're so bad. <laughs> they're so bad. But the other thing. Wait, we're forgetting Arnie. the rule, though. Who's playing Fulham? Captain Depoitra this week. Monday Let's night. Go. Under the lights. We should Lauren. pick Depoitra and goal scorers challenge and just prove that this system is infallible. Yeah, we'll pick him and then Mounier will start. It'll yeah, be great. Steve. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it must be said also, you know, Hazard, Arnie, we need the clean bill of health. Yeah, and there's and there's cup yeah. games this week. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's injuries and many, news many to be things. had. Yeah. All right, so enough about all this. Well, tell me about your wild card. What do you want to talk about? I mean, what do you got? What are you looking at? <laughs> what are the big decisions? What do you got, dude? I mean, the big... <laughs> you, got, you got like dime bags? How much are dime bags, dude? Yeah, yeah, what do you got, dude? I'm just looking to get a little fucking... Uh, um, Coke, smoke, Coke, smoke. Um, I mean, I, I'm starting to really come around on the idea of triple triple city at the back. And single or double Liverpool at the back to go alongside it. I'm starting to really come around on that because that was the ultimate number one thing giving me the headache. It's like, I know that I don't want Kuhn. Raz is good, but very expensive and doesn't even start every week. Kev didn't even start today and he looked awful when he came on. And Dilba, if he was guaranteed to start every week, would definitely be in my team, but he's far from nailed with Kev's return and Bilva playing really well and stuff like that. And and like I said at the beginning of the pod, they're the best fucking attacking team in all of Europe, and I can't find one single attacker that I'm happy with putting in my wildcard team. It's just the ultimate fucking catch-22 sitch. I don't know what to do about it, but if I just go triple defense, massive differential, no one actually on planet Earth, aside from like Stones' personal team, has that. Then <laughs> Stones' assistance team. Yeah, Sean's his assistant. He doesn't even he's not even confident in himself to do that. But yeah, I mean it seems like a lot of points. It seems like I'm just getting a lot of fucking points from that. Um, way more value than going with any of their attackers. And occasionally they'll score five and like Kunal Hattie or whatever, and that'll be a bad week. But if they also keep it clean that week, it actually won't even be that bad. As long as I hit on my captain, that's that's the one thing. But like you said, and I think I agree with that. Uh, I mean, Kuhn, I don't think is captaincy option. Raz is, but it's hit or miss, and I don't know. Salah and Hazard just seem like the best captains going forward. So I think I agree with your assessment there, and that's been a 
revolution because I've obviously been tinkering all pod while you're talking about like some shit. I'm just, <laughs> like I just ask you a question and then I just go on my computer and start tinkering. And don't like, listen oh, to great. So, idiot, my idiot pod partners yeah, talking pod on partner a rant, going talking. on a rant again. I'm yeah. not going to listen to one word. Yeah, I'm just like, how can I make Walsh angry so he doesn't stop talking and then I can just <laughs> take it? You, you, you didn't even talk, bring up the word, you didn't say the word Spurs this like entire podcast, so you did not succeed in that task. Yeah, that's true. Fuck. Good point. Um, no, but, yeah, I, I, I think I, the Triple City, I don't know what it affords you or what the differences are if you have two and, and a heavy hitting attacker in City versus three and zero. It's but, a massive difference. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like really good, so you shouldn't. You yeah, should I mean, I'm looking at probably a four four two. I think is the right amount of balance and flexibility that I want. I what think, about Alonzo? Do you still have him in? I don't have him in right now, and it does feel a little bit bad. Um, yeah, it seems like he's just like fine. I don't know. Yeah, the he thing with Alonzo, like we we both, and I was I was on board with you last week about how it just seems stupid. The Chelsea defense isn't good. His not his attacking numbers are down, underlying, and all that stuff. And then after this eleven pointer this week, I was just th- thinking about it more, and it was just like, if you go back to pre game week one, the way that we were talking about like Hazard, Erickson, and Kev was like they're gonna score two hundred points by the end of the season. They do it every season. They're top five every season. They're set and forget. Alonso is basically the same. It's like we're comparing yeah. him to defenders because he's list, he's classed as a defender in the game and he's 7 million which is way more than any other defender in the game. But if he was a 7 million midfielder and he scored 170 or 180 points every season, which is exactly what he does and he's on that pace again this season, then we would all have him auto never even consider getting rid of him. We'd all have him game week one and we would all have him game week 38 and it would just be the easiest pick ever. He plays 90 every week. It's not even a question, right? So it's like, I think we're getting a little bit tricked by having him class as a defender because, you know, clean sheets are the main source of his points, even though he does get a lot of attacking returns. But yeah, I don't know. I just had that kind of epiphany and I was like, maybe we're just overcomplicating it. And he is just a set and forget. Consider him like a midfielder or something like that and take it from there. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not maybe. I think it is a confirmed one million percent because imagine the world where he's classed as a midfielder and instead of each clean sheet he got, he got like an assist instead. He would have like one goal and 11 assists right now. Like, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. So it's, it's dumb. I'm, I, that was, I mean, we talked about, who did we talk about before? Oh, Tony M. Alonzo's another player. I'm like, what am I doing? This is just painful. Every time Chelsea, like, I just want to like rip my dick out when they play and keep clean sheets and it just just... doesn't feel good. I don't want to not have fun and like feel bad. And I feel like whenever I have Alonzo, I'm a lot happier. Yeah, it it really is similar to like Ericsson, where it's just like unspectacularly ticking along. Because when you pay seven million for a defender and he only gets you six points for a clean, that it doesn't even feel good. It's like, oh whatever, like West Ham cleaned also, like I'm not even fucking gaining places and spending seven million for six points, but like he does it he returns so fucking often and gets really good bones that it's just he has seventy two points. Like he has yeah, like the most points in the game. Am I right there? I don't know. He has he's like he's just three about less the same than hazard. hazard. Yeah. He has, he's good. He has yeah. four I th- I think double digit all. I think yeah, I need to get him in, dude. Holy shit, what am I doing? 
Yeah, so I think I, like going triple this city is, is attractive, but in the end, I think I would rather have Alonzo than like Mendy and go like Laporte and Ederson, and then like figure out a last midfield spot or something like that. Like if you, if you do that, can't can't you do like a, like Alonzo, Darty, Laporte, Mendy, Ederson, and like a Liverpool defender, and then still have Mane and Salah. Um, I could possibly work that out right now. I'm in like a, I mean, I don't even have, have all my like spots filled in right now. It's, it's Monday and I'm live tinkering on the pod, but right now I'm, I have like the base of a four, four, two with Ings as my 12th man, like trying to go super heavy attacker as my number one bench spot every week is basically like. Yeah what I'm trying to do and trying to see if I can like my team. And right, I'll just give you my team as it is right now. I mean, this is like, for for those who think this is remotely close to my final team, I don't know what the fuck you're smoking, but for now it's like Ederson and a 4-0, um, Alonzo, Laporte, Trent, Doherty, Balbuena, who would be the bench guy, even though they have really good fixtures. Um, Salah, Hazard, Tony M., Stevens, and then I have a blank slot at mid with 8.8 in the bank, and then Arnie, Wilson, and Ings. Yeah, you're getting there. I yeah, think I mean, the I'm starting to like some stuff where that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's an interesting yeah. place to be. But it's weird because if I do do this, it's like 8.8. Eight. I'm looking for a midfielder sub 8.8. Eight. I'm like, why am I get, getting rid of David Silva? You know, I'm like, shouldn't I just do that like yeah he won't start one in three or something but the other ones he's like incredible I don't know I mean his incredible underlying stats but his actual FPL <laughs> stats are not good and they XA, really XA, Merchant yeah, yeah. It's XA, they haven't been good for a while he's, he's not worth the price tag yeah, but it's hard to find someone that is um, well, Paul's .5 cheaper is good yeah, triple United attack going for the big differential there. I mean, I do think that like we didn't really touch on Madison. We just because we kind of skipped our teams. I do think that like he's been blanking obviously at a ridiculously high rate, but he's just we've always said since fucking preseason that he's gonna be a mini Erickson tick tick merchant. And it's kind of exactly what he's doing. Like, he returned in four straight, he blanked in three straight. Like, he's going to just get random assists and keep returning sort of regularly on set pieces and shit. And then he's going to go on another run of blanks, and then he's going to return more. It's just like, I don't know. Like, I still think he's, like, okay. Um, And I still think Rich is sort of okay, too, but I don't know. Eh, Rich, I don't know. They're they're just not fashionable. They're very unfashionable, yeah. I prefer Madison, I think, probably to Rich in the the near term, just because he's got the set pieces and and the tickability. 10-week windows, if you're looking at, like, long, maybe slightly longer than, like, mid-term, Maddo will always be fine with with his abilities and... The set pieces and just that kind of stuff that makes him kind of consistent, but I don't know. I, I could yeah. be wrong, but yeah, finding a finding a fourth midfielder that I'm happy with. If I if I'm not gonna stretch to a double digit guy, um, including Mane, then that's that's kind of a, where I'm at with a standstill right now. But I'm starting to be pretty happy with the overall structure. 
Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's good. I think it's like a effective wild card to really make a big shift in your formation. Yeah, I mean, and it could be argued that where I end up finding the money is in the goalkeeper slot. I mean, we both really like Ryan and Fab. Yeah, Even though deal. Ederson's great, I mean, I could double defender with City. Get Stones. Get, yeah, or get Mendy or something. I don't know, do it like that. Yeah, yeah no, that's something I look at as well. Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of tinkering for yeah. for you know all week. Big lambs this week for uh, oh for Alon. Huge lambs, huge lambs. I mean, the lambs on a wild card week are not even like final. Let's be honest. Like I send in yeah, lambs still, and then yeah. I private DM you on Slack and I'm like, dude, I don't know about fucking yeah. Laporte. Is he nailed? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Now the the DMs after lambs are real. Yeah. Um, what yeah, are you looking get at out of here? What are you looking oh, at? Me? Uh, anyway, oh, you? Team, oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. My team's fucking horrible. I have no idea. I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it? No, I All right, really big, don't. Big lambs for you, too, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Um, only one new sign-up this week, and Chris Davis, or Davies, legend. Welcome to the Patreon. Good job by you. Slap that ass. Um, any last words? No. Check us out! At FMLfield.com, follow us on Twitter at FMLfield, support us at Patreon.com, slash FMLfield, subscribe, rate, review, all the podcasts, and cheers!